All right, GM, everybody, thanks for joining. Man, we have a lot of people today. Great to see all of y'all. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. It's that time of year, isn't it? Um, I thought we'd uh, start off this month's AMA with uh, something a little different. Um, research shows that um, expressing gratitude is uh, actually healthy for you. I forgot the exact details, but uh, it actually does uh, or can improve your health. So it's generally just a good thing to do. But yeah, I thought a fun thing we could do is uh, just to share something we're grateful for. You know, it's like that Thanksgiving tradition uh, where you go around the table, share something you're thankful for. Thought we could do that here too. Um, so I created a temporary gratitude channel in our Discord uh, right below AMA questions where you can post your questions. So feel free to post what you're thankful for there. Um, and at the very end of this AMA, I'll go there and uh, read off what everyone has wrote. Um, I was kind of inspired by this when I uh, read a message today in our Discord. Uh, let me find it. Let's see, where was it? Ah, yes. So, let's see. Shardo had made this proposal to reward um, our community member, Introvert Monkey, for creating the uh, dashboard where you can um, uh, estimate the rewards you'll get based on how much VE Lifinity you have, uh, how much rewards you'll get for this month. Um, and it's a very popular um, app that he's made, and it's been very useful for the community. So Shardo proposed that we reward him in uh, one way or another. And uh, everyone basically appears to be in agreement. Um, but then Intro Introvert Monkey uh, responds with like a long post, um, basically just saying like he's he's really happy to be here, and if he got anything, he would just send it right back to the DAO. Uh, so no need to do that type of thing. Um, and it's just like really awesome to see that. Um, <laughs> like he 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 created this free tool for our community, and then just says. Thanks, but no thank you to any types of rewards. Um, yeah, what an awesome member to have. So also great for grateful for Introvert Monkey. Um, and yeah, thanks for thanks for all you do for us, and thanks for inspiring me to uh, do this gratitude thing. <laughs> It'll be fun. Yeah, so I guess uh, we can get to the AMA questions now. Uh, let's see. Sticks. Durden, are you talking? Yes, I am talking. Can no one hear me? If you can hear me, please respond in the AMA chat. Uh, not the AMA questions chat, but the, uh, the chat on the stage. What? No one can hear me? Are you serious? 
Oh man, looks like I messed it up. Let me figure this out. The Twitter people are gonna have to listen to all that over again. <laughs> all right, so let's see. Let me check my voice settings. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Okay, that's fine. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Okay. Uh, testing, testing, one, two, three. All right, how about now? Can you guys hear me? All right, perfect. You can all hear me now. Sorry about that. <laughs> Looks like I was just talking to Twitter, uh, only to Twitter for a while. So I'm going to start over. God damn it. <laughs> all right. So, uh, GM, everyone, thanks for joining. Um, today, I thought we'd do a little something different. Um, so I was inspired by a uh, post I saw today. Um, so Shardo had made a proposal to reward Introvert Monkey for creating this app where you can uh, estimate your monthly rewards based on how much VE Lifinity you have. Uh, it's a very popular app. Our community has been using it a ton. It's, and it's free. It's really awesome. Um, so Shardo had proposed that we reward Introvert Monkey with uh, Pith Tokens, or something else. And everyone was like, yeah, it's a great idea. And today, Introvert Monkey responded, uh, basically saying, uh, appreciate it, thank you, but no thank you. If I got anything, I would just send it right back to the DAO. Just really happy to be here, type of thing. Um, I encourage everyone to go read it yourselves. And uh, yeah, it's just like so awesome to see that. Like even after um, all he's done for our DAO, and maybe you, you guys may not know, but that is not the only thing he's done for our DAO. <laughs> he has done um, other things too. So yeah, just to hear that from him was just really amazing and uh, filled me with warm feelings. <laughs> and given that it is a Thanksgiving season, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Um, I created this temporary gratitude channel right below the AMA questions channel, where you can uh, post your questions for the AMA. Um, so this gratitude channel is just a place where we can post something we're grateful for, um, just like you might do at a, a Thanksgiving, uh, where you just like go around the table, share something you're thankful for type of thing. Um, it is, there is a good evidence suggesting that expressing gratitude is actually good for your health. I don't remember the details, but I think studies have been done on this. And uh, so there is scientific evidence for this. So it's just good for us in that way too. Um, and I, I just thought it'd be something fun. So if you're thankful for anything, it um, doesn't have to be crypto or Lifinity related. It can be anything. Uh, feel free to post it there. And then at the end of this AMA, I'll go there and um, see what everyone's posted. I'll just read them off. So that should be fun. Um, yeah, let's see, someone posted something. Let me catch up real quick. Wait, 
You can't hear now? Are you serious? God damn it, I did it again. Sty, what is going on? Um let's see. Testing, testing. Um well when I'm using the testing thing on Discord it's working. Damn, I'm confused. This sucks. Um, still can't hear? Damn, what is going on? Uh, okay, how about now? Can you hear now? I'm just going to test one more thing. How about now? Can you hear now? Okay. And it looks like no one can hear. Weird. Yeah, well, I guess this is like not the time to uh, debug. So this kind of sucks, but uh, everyone head to uh, Twitter. <laughs> I guess that's our makeshift solution for now. Uh, yeah, let me just do some logistics stuff, make sure everyone knows where to go to. Um, but yeah, you can uh, post your questions in the Discord. That's where I will see them. All right, well... That was a slow start, <laughs> but somehow we made it. So uh, yeah, I'm just gonna just gonna run with it. <laughs> All right. So getting to the questions, we have a shit ton of questions. Um, this is gonna be a doozy. So yeah, I'm just gonna get right into them. All right. So first we have Nalo Road. It says, how do you guys feel about the current yield on intrinsic value for a Dex business? How do you think about what the appropriate target is? I know it fluctuates with the market. We just had a banner month though, and it seems like it's a bit on the low side, even based on the assets at work. All right, so let's see. How do we feel about the current yield on intrinsic value? Right. So um, there's kind of two ways to look at this. One is the APY on xlafinity which is what we show uh, so that's like you can you can think about that as um like total investments into the project which is like the the uh the uh the market cap of lafinity essentially and the apy generated on that that's so that's one way to think about it Another way to think about it is the the yield generated by the total assets in the pools. And the total assets in the pools is a lot smaller than the market cap of Lafinity. 
So what that means is if you calculate it that way, the APY is going to look a lot higher. And um, that's usually the way you would calculate it on other exchanges, right? Because on other DEXs, it's like it shows the APY for LPs and how much LPs have deposited in total, not based on the market cap of the DEX token, like the Orca market cap or the Ray market cap or whatever. Like no other project does that. And of course the reason is because they don't distribute um, revenue. Um, so we're kind of unique in that way. So if you want to do like a one-to-one -one comparison with other DEXs, then uh, you can do this other one. Basically, what is our yield on the assets? And if you look at it like that, so that, that is, and we actually, we do show this stat too, of course, just like any other DEX. You can see that on our pools page, right? Um, and those APYs are quite high. Um, and the, the, <laughs> I once again have to mention that like those are not directly comparable to other DEXs because other DEXs do not include impermanent loss. Um, they just show the trading fees. Uh, but they do have impermanent loss. So there's their APYs are overstated, essentially, if you want to get like the full picture. Um, where our APYs do include impermanent loss, or what we're calling market-making profit, because it is often positive. And we do include that, so we do provide the full picture. And so... In those terms, like uh, you can just look on our pools page, but like I'm mean, just taking as an example, like our sole USDC pool has like 200% APY. That's like really high for sole USDC. Um, so yeah, let's see. Uh, second part of your question is how do you think about what the appropriate target is? Um, I would. I would not use the word target because it's not like we're targeting an APY. You know, we just try to maximize APY. Um, you know, no need to ever like shoot for anything lower than the max we can get. So, but, and you know, the maximum APY we can generate is highly dependent on the market conditions at that time, which we have no control over and we can't predict either. So, you know, we can't really like say like, okay, Let's try to get this APY. Doesn't really make sense. Um, yeah, we just try to maximize whatever is available at this point in time. Um, yeah, so, I, and I guess one more thing I'll just mention is um, the APY versus Xlfinity is obviously based, or uh, it varies depending on the price of Xlfinity. So as Xlfinity increases in price, the APY is going to go down and vice versa. Uh, Xlfinity goes down in price, APY goes up. Uh, recently, the, a the uh, price of Xlfinity went up a lot. Um, it basically doubled from like 20 cents to 40 cents. So that means the APY um, will have been halved compared to what it would have been at 20 cents. So that's just another thing to keep in mind. Hope that answers your question. Uh, good sip. All right, uh, next question from Nalo Rowe we have, can you share how you think about market share? What is the platform's current market share and how do you think about 
targets there. Are you happy with your current market share of swap slash trading volume? Uh, let's see. How do we think about market share? Basically, just try to get as much of it as possible. Um, also acknowledging at the same time that we are never going to get um, all of it and probably never most of it either. Um, the main reason for that is because of our uh, market making strategy, which is highly dependent on arbitrage trades with liquidity on constant product market makers and concentrated liquidity market makers uh, because their prices do not update according to um, price changes on centralized exchanges and that's where we capitalize on right it's like we do update our prices therefore people arbitrage between our pools and those other pools and that's where we are able to make profitable trades um yeah and so, you know, like it would be infinitely easy for us to jack up our concentration and start to get the most volume among all DEXs. But the thing is, that would not be the most profitable route. So there's, from our perspective, absolutely no reason to do that. Um, and it's just an empirical result that when you maximize for revenue with our market making model, um, you achieve uh, something close to what we have right now. Um, one thing that affects that is those players who are neither us nor constant product market makers nor concentrated liquidity market makers, um, especially central limit order books. So they have market makers who you might, you might say, use a similar strategy to us. Um, not that they're using an Oracle, but they, you know, have their own programs that look at centralized exchange prices and then adjust their bids and asks according to that. Um, so they're very similar to us in that sense. And in that sense, like they are our main competitors. Um, they you might say like they make money from market making in essentially the same way that we do. Um, even though, you know, they're not a DEX. <laughs> I guess that's a big difference. They're not a DEX. They're just like a user of a DEX. But like in terms of like market making strategy, it's the most similar to us. Um, so yeah, I, I would, I would, think that if there were no central limit order books, then we would have a larger market share um, because, because like we are mainly competing for them with volume, um, for a, a certain type of volume, like especially that arbitrage volume. Um, yeah, so that's another consideration. Let's see, you said, what is platform's current market share? How do you think about targets? Yeah, oh yeah, so I mean, I kind of already answered this, but yeah, no target here, just trying to maximize once again. Um, what is the platform's current market share? Uh, that depends on like the market, whether it's like sole USDC or um, wrapped ETH USDC or whatever else. Um, I don't have like 
I don't know the numbers. <laughs> but yeah, we're just trying to maximize for everything is the bottom line, I think. And uh, are, we, are we happy with our current market share of swap slash trading volume? Uh, I mean, we're always trying to increase it. But I think we're doing fairly well. Um, it's also true that once Phoenix appeared, like some new market makers entered the scene. And uh, I think as Solana volume increases, then uh, more market makers become interested and start joining. So I think it will continue to get more competitive. Um, so yeah, we'll have to see how things evolve. We might have to adjust our strategies. Uh, we might have to increase liquidity. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, it's a quickly evolving landscape, that's for sure. <clears throat> uh, Bert64 asks, when Project S? DN. Halo Road says, can you discuss some strategies to improve the productivity of the protocol-owned liquidity? Is it creating new pools, gaining market share via broader awareness slash marketing, competitive pricing on fees, or something else? All right, so improve the productivity of the protocol and liquidity. Yeah. So yes, creating new pools is one thing, and we're always trying to create new pools. Uh, recently, we created PIF USDC. Uh, what else? I feel like we opened another one. I can't remember what. Uh, we looked into, um, let's see, TBTC and SAMO. Um, unfortunately, these are looking not as promising. I think someone might have asked about it later on. But I guess I'll just talk about it now. So... Um, people who have been here for a while know that one of the things we look for when determining whether we can open a pool or not is the available liquidity on other DEXs. Uh, like I was saying earlier, like our market-making strategy relies on arbitrage trades a lot. And so there needs to be liquidity outside our pool that we can arbitrage against. So it's important to have that liquidity. But another thing is that we also need is low fees for the other pools. Because if the fees are high, that means, um, or yeah, for, for an arbitrage to become viable, you need two things. You need liquidity and you need uh, the fee to be relatively low. Or I, I'll just say like the lower the fee, the, the, the smaller of a price movement you need for a arbitrage trade to become viable. <clears throat> and uh, so the TBTC pools, while they have uh, millions in liquidity, some of them anyways, uh, their fees are not low. And the same is basically true for SAMO. Uh, SAMO has decent liquidity and volume, but its most popular pools are the 1% fee pools. And 1% is like really high. Um, and as a result, like uh, there's not going to be a whole lot of arbitrage trades. 
unfortunately. So yeah, at this current point in time, at least, we don't think those two pools are viable. Anyways, getting back to your question. Um, yeah, so creating new pools is one way to improve the productivity of furball and liquidity. Um, gaining market share via broader awareness and marketing. This is a common misconception, I think. Uh, we can market Lefinity, the DEX, but that doesn't increase our volume. Um, the way we get volume is from arbitrage bots. And bots don't need um, to know about us. They, they just aggregate all DEXs and try to find arbitrage trades wherever they can. Um, so there's that. And then also we get retail trading volume from Jupiter. And uh, yeah, so basically we want traders to trade on Jupiter um, and not on individual DEXs like, uh, like Orca or Radium. It's probably like two most popular places where people do that. And, uh, you know, users have every reason, like literally every reason to swap on Jupiter rather than just on Orca or just on Radium or any other decks. Uh, they get a better price 100% of the time, guaranteed, at least as good of a price, uh, if not better, and usually better, and sometimes a lot better. And uh, and if they were doing this all along, they would have they even they're even getting a Jupe token airdrop. Um, and this is this is basically just a matter of education, you know, because it's it's the obviously correct decision. <laughs> There is not a single reason to swap on these other DEXs um, unless it's being routed through Jupiter. And so there's no need to market ourselves, really. It's just a matter of education, getting people to swap uh, at, at the place that gives them the optimal result. Um, and that ends up being good for us um, because that means more trades will be routed to us. Uh, more volume for us, better prices for users. And then last thing you mentioned is competitive pricing on fees. Yeah, so this is something we constantly monitor and adjust. Um, yeah, I don't know, there's probably not much to say beyond that, but yeah, the, the optimal fees is uh, often changing. It uh, depends on the market conditions, how much volume there is, how low of a fee competitors are using, or if it's a concentrated, or if it's a central limit order book, how tight of a spread market makers are quoting. So yeah, that's something we uh, are always looking to improve. <clears throat> and then I, I guess a, a final thing about improving productivity of protocol and liquidity uh, is looking for new ways to use it. So right now we're working on project S and uh, people have who have been around here have heard that um, we will be able to use our protocol own liquidity in Project S. So yeah, that's uh, another way. Uh, all right, let me take a sip. Yep, the sip is back. Ah, uh, delicious. All right, the Honey Badger asks, is Project S expected to become profitable on release, meaning instant value added to VE Lefinity holders? Um, I would 
doubt it. So you actually know, because part of our plan is to start with zero fees. Um, I think I've also mentioned this before, but um, Project S will basically be pioneering a new type of market on Solana. And for that reason, we think it's important to start with no fees to bootstrap usage. So no, it won't be instantly value added. But over time, we will, you know, later turn on fees and then it will be, uh, assuming it is successful. Uh, yeah. Okay. And follow up question, is it expected to use a portion or all of the idle liquidity and will it accept outside money? Yes. Yeah, so it can definitely use all the idle liquidity. Um, Unlike Liffinity, it can handle infinite liquidity. It will accept um, external deposits. Uh, it's basically a, it's more of a thing where the more assets, the better, um, like most other projects. Um, so yeah, yep, yep, yep. All right, Nalo Road asks, what is Project S? Seriously, I don't know. DN is the answer. All right, uh, the Honey Badger asks, it has been kept under wraps so far, but has been said release is not too far away. Developed with IDO funds, so value will come back to affinity holders and hopefully add to revenue. Okay, he's just answering Nailer Road. My guess, based on Durden's tweets, is the S is for stablecoin, and we are looking to use idle liquidity with a smart fee structure to capture volume, which could mean allowing outside money to capture big volume. It could well be, or I could well be wrong though. Um, yeah, I I believe this is a psyops to try to get me to confirm or deny, try to get more information out of me. See what you're trying to do there. I'm not falling for it. No comment. <laughs> All right, Sticks asks. Am I allowed to filibuster with questions in this AMA until Durden spills the beans on Project S? I dare you. Uh, MU Lutheran asks, are there any plans for using market-making profit to buy back Lefinity? V2 pools started with a limited size of 100k for some reason. Now they are up to 400k. <clears throat> yeah, so um, regarding the second part of your or the comment you made in the second part. Um, yes, the pool started with 100K, but it wasn't a limit. Um, that, that would be a mistaken understanding. So just to clarify, it's not like we're saying, okay, we, we want $100K worth of value in this pool and never anymore is not the point. Um, the point is, the point was that at that point in time, when we created the pool, given the price of Sol at that time, 100K was optimal. Now, once the price has, of Sol has increased, a new value is optimal. And for the most part, that new optimal value is tracked 
by the increase of value of the soul in the pool. So to put that in more simple language, <laughs> um, the, the assets in the pool was soul and USDC. And the value of the soul just kept increasing as the price of soul went up. So then the value in the pool increased, and that's totally fine. Um, because that is, um, given the, the new price of soul, that amount of liquidity is approximately optimal. Um, so it's not like uh, we had this limit and it went beyond it and we like ignored the limit or something. Um, that hope that's clear. Uh, and then the first part of what you said, are there any plans for using market making profit to buy back Lefinity? Let's see. So, I mean, we could do that, but we don't really want to. So, uh, one of the reasons is that market making profit is, uh, just, just as you might understand from the term impermanent loss and market making profit is impermanent loss when it's negative. Um, what, what that says is, uh, even the profits that you have in market making profit are not necessarily permanent. They're not permanent until you withdraw them. Um, so an example of where this came into play, I'll just give to you. Remember that one time there was that bot that was like, uh, doing like dollar cost averaging against our pool specifically. Um, regardless of what the price of our pool was offering. So it just had like hella high slippage settings, like, I don't know, 50% or something insane like that. And so it would make these trades against our pool, like, you know, every 24 hours or whatever. I don't know what the time was. Um, and the, it just be like making insane trades because for example, say our pool had like 10% soul and 90% USDC, and then it would try to buy soul when there's only 10% of soul in the pool. So the price of soul that the pool is offering is like really bad from a buyer's perspective. But because their slippage setting was 50% or whatever, uh, or actually not slippage, maybe price impact, I'm not sure, but yeah, so like they, they would still buy soul even given the the uh, not great price of soul we were offering. And so this just happened for like a long time and then ended up in us making like market making profit worth of uh, 300k, which is like insane, right? <laughs> and then there's another thing after that where we had a Oracle mispricing incident um, and that led to some of our soul based pools to lose like 150k in market making profit. Um, so there can be large swings. Ideally, there isn't, right? But there can be. And so we don't really want to, like, it's good to have that as a cushion, sort of, um, and not have to, like, keep withdrawing it. It's also like a lot of manual work to like be doing these withdrawals. Um, and it's also, you know, just to clarify, it's not as if um, because market making profit remains in the pools that Lefinity holders aren't benefiting from it. Like they still own that. 
you know, it's part of the protocol own liquidity. Um, and it factors into the um, intrinsic value, <laughs> which we are rebranding, in case you haven't heard, we're going to rebrand this term intrinsic value. It was a bad choice by me. Uh, I, I, I didn't have enough knowledge of TradFi to know that it was a term in TradFi with a different meaning than the one I intended. So we're going to rebrand it to probably either book value or uh, what was it? Nav, NAV per Lifinity. But anyways, I, I digress. Um, so yeah, we, we don't really plan to be withdrawing market making profit for buying back Lifinity. Uh, you know, that, that would be doing the exact same thing as just using our idle assets to buy back Lifinity. Like logistically, it would be the exact same thing. Um, because say we did withdraw market making profit to buy back Lifinity, but then the pools don't have the optimal level of liquidity. So we just take USDZ from the treasury and put it in the pools to replace it. So then it turns out that's the exact same as just using USDC from the treasury to buy back Lifinity. Um, yeah. And uh, from my perspective anyways, there's not really a point to doing that. Um, it's, it's, you know, one perspective is like, it kind of sucks that we have idle assets because we can't put them in the pools. But another perspective is it's great because every time a new opportunity pops up, like we can open a new pool, we already have assets to just deposit. They're like ready to go. So yeah, <clears throat> hope that answers your question. I need to take a sip. Uh, so much talking. Oof. Uh, double sip. All right. And then follow-up question from MU Luzern. Any explanation why highly successful pools like GM... I assume you mean GMT, because we don't have GMX. So highly successful pools like GMT or HNT don't get more capital letting a lot of capital sit idle in the early phase of a bull run. Um, let's see. So, you you know, another way to say this is, or to, or to frame this is that the reason pools like GMT and HNT are so successful, or in other terms, um, the reason they have such high APYs up to like 500% is because they have such low TVLs. Um, if we increase the TVL, then they, oh, their their APYs would go um, down. This is similar to like what I explained earlier, where you know the uh, the yield we're distributing, the APY of that is dependent on the price of X Lifinity. X Lifinity price goes up, uh, APY goes down, and vice versa. So it'd be similar here. Uh, the point really is that. We can add liquidity to these pools, but we're not going to be capturing more um, volume because of it. This might sound surprising, but some of our pools have like a ton of liquidity and most of it is like almost never used. So one example is like our uh, MSOL USDC V2 pool. I forgot the exact numbers, but 
Um, what was it? Yeah, it, it's something like 13% of the liquidity makes up 90 to 95% of the volume. And the other liquidity is like almost never used. Um, and so, yeah, that's just to say like increasing liquidity doesn't necessarily lead to more volume. Um, if we increase liquidity, because if we increase liquidity, we would also adjust concentration to account for that. Um, obviously, this is not how it works in other DEXs, and that's probably why this may seem counterintuitive. Um, in other DEXs, you always want to maximize um, the amount of assets in your pools because that means you'll get more trades. Like, it's just a that simple relationship, right? But it's not like that for us, and that's why um, adding more capital um, can get more volume, but it also adds more risk. And so there's that trade-off, and if it's not worth it, then we don't want to add more assets. Let's see. Yeah, hope that answers your question. All right, next one we have Creative One. My friend owns a Lafinity Flare for over a year and we've completely forgot about it. In plain English, what can he do to earn some cash? Hmm. Uh, using the flare? Well, flares are, um, are NFTs, and their value accrual mechanism comes through buybacks. Uh, it could take other forms like um, buying more Xlfinity and like, the, uh, the Flare DAO um, does some things to earn extra revenue, but the main thing is the buybacks. So that does two things. One, it increases the market price gradually um, over a um, over the long term, and the other is that it reduces the circulating supply. So it increases the uh, the book value slash NAV per affinity or nav per, per flare. Yeah, nav per flare. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's not a cash generating asset, you might say. Um, if you're looking to like hold a flare and then receive USDC for that or something, that's not going to happen if if like that is the model that you want then you can do that with um our token so we have ve lafinity which receives um its prefer its proportional share of revenue each month so yeah um they're basically just different value propositions so um whatever you think is more suitable you can go with that. And uh, if you have more questions about flares, I encourage you to um, ask them in uh, the Inferno channel. Everyone's always happy to answer questions, including myself. So yeah. All right. <sighs> Time for a sip. Okie dokie. Neo Buck asks, what is the roadmap 
Portal Affinity. Yeah, so the roadmap has uh, always been an evolving thing for us. Um, we don't really have, like the short answer is like, we don't have a roadmap. We don't have a thing where like, okay, here are the things we're going to do for the next year or something. Um, basically we just, you know, adjust as we go and we shift priorities around based, but, um, like if, if we were to say like, what's our overarching goal, we just say it is to maximize revenue. That is what we've always tried to do. So right now, what does that entail? Uh, one thing is adding new pools that I talked about earlier. Um, and then the other big thing right now is that we're working on Project S, uh, the details of which have yet to be revealed for the most part. Um, let's see. Yeah, uh, I guess one other thing I'll mention is we are working on a uh, revamp of our front end. We're rewriting everything in uh, React, which should make everything nicer. I know this is long overdue. There's a lot of things that need improvement, and people have pointed out many of the things over time. Uh, we have not forgotten about all those things. Um, it's mainly just a matter of priorities. Um, because like front end things don't lead to more revenue. Um, also because, uh, we're not really looking for external liquidity. Um, and because of that, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, re relatedly, um, for that reason, um, a better UI doesn't really lead to more revenue. It was, it it's, it's not high on our priority list. But yeah, it, it, it really does need to get done. So that's another thing we're working on. Um, yeah. All right, Snowball asks, what is not Project S? Hmm. Uh, many things, I suppose. Uh, I thought I had prepared an answer for this. I forgot what it was. It's supposed to be funny. <sighs> I, I have failed. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm not going to play your, uh, your, uh, uh, what's that term? That phrase. Uh, process of elimination. I'm not going to play your process of elimination game. People always trying to do this trying to trying to yoink the alpha out of me. No, I will not fall for it. All right, anyways. Lord Prinz says, in the beginning of Lifinity, ooh, is this like, it's like a Bible verse or something? In the beginning, uh, there were so-called surprise buybacks with MMP. Later, we experienced a period of impermanent loss, which probably led the team to decide to not extract uh, market making profit to offset periods of impermanent loss. Exactly. Thank you. I just talked about that earlier. Are you still open, however, to reintroduce these buybacks if we see prolonged periods of market making profit without impermanent loss? Um, in principle, yes. 
Like, uh, but again, like, so like I said earlier, and this actually applies to fees as well, but like we can do whatever with fees, with market making profit, with the USDC and the treasury. In the end, it's literally all the same. It's an artificial distinction. Um, it's all assets we own and we can do whatever we want with them. Um, kind of a like if uh, if you were to um, if you were to make a sort of tradfi ish comparison, it's like how much are you doing are you using for dividends and how much are you using for growth type of thing. Um, right now we kind of have a balance between the two. Um, where we're keeping the market making profit but giving out the fees. But uh, even the fees, we're not giving out all of it. Um, we're distributing half of it. Um, yeah, so like nothing is out of the question per se. But like, uh, for, for example, right now, we're above book value or nav pearl affinity. So from my perspective anyways, there's not a huge reason to do buybacks. Um, th there was much more of a reason to do buybacks when we were below it, right? And uh, we did that for like throughout the bear market and that was great. Um, and of course we'll still do it if we ever fall back below book value or nav pearl affinity. Um, but for the time being, anyways, like uh, the fees that we generate are more than enough to do that, or so so it appears. Um, I guess la the last last month it wasn't, but then this last month it totally was, um, because yeah, there's just much more volume on Solana now, right? So I would expect something similar going forward. Um, yeah, so not out of the question, but from my perspective anyways, no strong reason to do that. Um, yeah, just to summarize, like I don't see a strong reason to aggressively use assets in our treasury to buy back Lifinity um, when Lifinity is already above book value slash Nav per affinity. All right, next question. Lord Prince again says, it seems like there's a lot of work for Lifinity devs, resulting in difficult prioritization. One could argue for hiring additional devs, especially from the perspective of token and player holders. The development cut, however, is fixed. So your team might not be inclined to expand as that will dilute your income per member. What's your take on this? Um, so yeah, first of all, to, um, to, what's the word? Um, so, so there's a misconception here. Um, if we hire more devs, our income per member will not be diluted. Um, this is both true in terms of 
like the USDC salaries we're paying ourselves, but also in terms of the Lifinity tokens that are given to team members as part of the team allocation. Um, we have Lifinity tokens in our team allocation set aside for other devs in case we hire them. So these tokens, it's not so, yeah, so what's not happening is each month there's X amount of Lifinity tokens being released to the team. What's not happening is those tokens being split or all of those tokens being split equally or in whatever proportion to the, to the members. Um, instead, we agreed upon a fixed amount um, before we even launched a token and there was already like a portion set aside for um, that, that, was, that was not to be given to any of the core team members um, to be used for other devs in case we hire other people. And uh, that's still available. And the USDC part, if we brought on new members, we would just pay them uh, USDC, not taking away from other members' salaries, but rather just um, using our runway. So what it would do is it would deplete our runway more quickly. But of course, um, then we have more people working, so we would get more done more quickly. So yeah, it's a trade-off. And um, I mean, just to be clear, it's not like we are against hiring or anything. Um, let's see. Yeah, another part of the trade-off to consider is when you do hire new people, <clears throat> you may need to train them depending on like what you're uh, you're gonna have them do exactly. And uh, it does take more time to coordinate among more people. Um, small teams are good for a reason, or well, good at some things. Um, and one thing is like it, it minimizes the coordination costs in terms of time um, just because you have fewer people there's much less communication you need to do <clears throat> um yeah so for us when we've hired people in the past to work on things it was never for the core functions like the market making that has always been done by the core team members, the core devs, namely Luffy and uh, Zoro. <clears throat> um, yeah, so we've when we have hired people, they've done other things like related to front-end development, for example. Um, and that'll likely be true in the future as well because it's difficult unless um, someone's like coming in from, you know, like an high high frequency trading firm or something. Um, it's going to be difficult to get them up to speed on like all that has happened within these past two years where Zoro and Luffy have been like observing 
all these changes we've made to our algo and the changes in the market conditions and uh yeah how the changes affected profitability and all that um so that they'll likely continue to be doing that if we if we do hire someone it would be for other stuff uh let's see so like it could make sense for project s or it could make sense for um rewriting the front end in react um yeah <coughs> but uh yeah honestly like i'm this is like not what i'm in charge of um because i don't do the development so yeah i think uh luffy would be able to address that better but like bottom line is like we're not we're open to hiring other people um i don't know like i am a agnostic as to whether that is a good idea or not right now but luffy would have a better idea yeah sorry i don't have like a super good perspective on that just because like i'm not uh working on the dev stuff all right Whew. damn i haven't talked this much in ages did you know I'm introverted? I don't talk this much, yo. All right, TMS says, from your Lefinities or from your slash Lefinities perspective on the Solana ecosystem, what are projects or developments do you consider highly interesting or concerning? Uh, let's see. Well, one, um, I mean, I'm biased because I'm involved in it, but there's the Meta DAO which is uh, an implementation of Futarchy, which is like this way of doing governance via markets. Um, so, <coughs> so normally, like in most DAOs and stuff, uh, if you do a vote, um, the main way is like your voting powers depends on like how many tokens you have, right? And then you vote, and then if you have enough votes, the proposal passes type of, type of thing. Uh, Futarchy is very different in that um, the outcome of a vote is determined by people making financial bets on the outcome. So MetaDAO is a token, it's called Meta. So people can speculate on the price of meta if the proposal passes and if the proposal fails so there's two markets at the same time one for if it passes one for if it fails and um, the program looks at the time weighted average price of the two markets and the one that has a higher so basically if it has a higher average price over time, then that market um, wins. So if like the the past market wins because it had a higher average price over time, that means the, the proposal was pass. Why? Because the fact that the past market had a higher average price over time means that people were buying up that market. They're saying, oh, I think the price of meta is going to be higher if this proposal passes. I think it's good for the token, for the protocol. Therefore, I buy. 
And so people are like voting with their wallets and not just with their opinions or whatever. Basically, it, it forces people to put their money where their mouth is. And for that reason, this should result in better decision making because um, it, it, it aligns incentives, right? Like if you think a proposal is like shitty, but then you like buy a ton of it so it passes, uh, well then you're kind of fucked because you bought something that was actually a shitty proposal um, and you like, you made the token price go higher, but the other, like everyone else who knows it's a shitty proposal disagrees with you. So like they will dump their tokens, but you just bought it at this high price. And so you're fucked. And so people won't do that. People will only buy the token if they think it's going to be actually good for the protocol. Anyways, so um, I really like this idea. It's been around for a while, but it's never been like implemented. And you kind of need crypto to do it, I think. And so that just launched on Solana recently, this this experiment, you know, still small in scale for sure, but um, like really fun and interesting. So I think that's really cool. <coughs> uh, what else? Um, hmm. Hmm. I feel like there must be others. <laughs> um, 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 oh, well, I'm just going to leave it at that for now. There are definitely others. There's a lot going on in Solana. Um, but yeah. Uh, is anything concerning? Hmm. Concerning. I mean, probably nothing beyond the usual, like, scam APYs <laughs> that you see everywhere. Uh, you know, retail's going to get wrecked again. Like, nothing has changed from the last cycle, so it appears. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of points. I think points are good for projects but bad for users it's like projects uh can benefit because they just you know show a number and they can make it mean what they want later they retroactively decide how much they want to reward and you know th th they have no obligation to give anything for it really uh so it could be anything uh, so yeah, I, <laughs> I feel like there's a good chance that users could get screwed on points, but yeah, we'll see. Hopefully it turns out well, but we'll see. Uh, follow-up question. Where do you see improvement potentials in terms of Lefinity slash Flare governance? Uh, you know, I kind of toyed with the idea of, um, Lefinity implementing Utarchy. Um, but I haven't like fully thought that through. I'm not even sure if it's feasible. Um, governance. I mean, so we our form of governance is pretty unique. Um, because we do it on Discord, 
right? And it's not like, uh, it's not foolproof, <laughs> let's just say. Uh, it's it's not tied to tokens at all. Um, and, you know, some people may find that worrisome. Uh, there is a, there's one famous former community member who found that to be very worrisome. Um, personally, I, I still think like it's quite good. Like in practice, it's worked really well for us. I think like for me, the whole point is like, I just want everyone to be happy. Right. I just want to make, you know, the decisions that make the most, um, people in Lefinity as happy as possible and doing everything via discord for me anyways is like has been a great way to um like quickly get feedback and iterate and keep making tweaks to proposals until people are um more or less satisfied there's like a general consensus on it uh, or we never we just never reach consensus so we just never do it and in in that sense like i think it's worked really well um like i'm not sure because I, I don't like lurk in like every other discord obviously but i have the impression that we we have a high level we have like highly engaged governance actually like a lot of discussion you know despite you know, the informality of it all. But I think that's actually, you know, part of the magic sauce is the informality. Um, and like keeping it all on Discord and not like having a separate governance website that people have to go to. Um, yeah. Um, but like, look, it's not perfect. Uh, never has been, never claimed it was. <laughs> But to me, it seems like the best available option right now. Um, well, actually, you know, it would it would definitely be cool to also do token weighted voting, and like look at both of those. Um, but yeah, that's kind of something for another day. Like either we need to build it, or Realms needs to build like the VE functionality that we have so that we can migrate to realms. And then we just have all their governance functionality baked in. Um, and hopefully that one, like that'd be much better. So we don't have to like build it from scratch ourselves. And that way, you know, other projects can use our VE Lifinity system out of the box which would obviously be good for us too, because it uh, helps like a wider group of people understand this VE mechanism, which is kind of unique. At least some aspects of it are. Uh, yeah, it's definitely tons of people not familiar with how it works. So. All right. Oof. Alrighty, next question. Alfro16 says, <clears throat> You've stated in the past that the team has developed their own oracles when needed. If Pith begins to raise fees, could Protocol run on its own oracles? Uh, short answer, yes. 
Um, I want to elaborate on this a little bit. So right now, Pith doesn't have fees for us um, because Pith publishes their prices on Solana mainnet. And, uh, but that's not how they function on other chains. So every other chain besides Solana, what they do is um, it's based on, or I forgot what the term is, but they, they have to like pull the Oracle. So basically they make a request, please update this Oracle. And that's where they pay the fee, I believe. <laughs> um, and so they pay the fee and then the Oracle gets updated and then it's available for use. Um, so for that reason, like they just publish it on Solana. <laughs> and so we don't have to like pay to get it updated. On the other hand, uh, our own oracles, like we're posting that data on chain ourselves. So that is something we do have to pay for. And uh, it can be costly at times. So, but yeah, um, and the way we work is uh, we use like uh, talking about our, our main pools, our soul pools. Um, we first and foremost rely on our own Oracle and then use Pith as a backup. Um, for other pools where we don't use our own Oracles, Pith is the main Oracle. The reason we have our own Oracle for um, Soul USDC, for example, is because um, Pith, Pith is basically just trying to get the most accurate average price of soul. And part of what that means is that they aggregate not just from centralized exchanges, but also from decentralized exchanges. For example, I believe Orca and Radium publish their prices to Pith. So that means Pith's soul price is somewhat affected by DEX prices as well. And it's not just a sex price. This is not good for us because um, we know that price discovery happens primarily on centralized exchanges. And this means that the centralized exchange price is basically always a quote-unquote right. And so that's the price we want to use. We don't care about decentralized exchange prices. We just assume it's wrong. <laughs> uh, that could change one day, but right now we just assume it's wrong. And that assumption is almost always correct. Therefore, we want an Oracle price that just represents centralized exchange prices and is not influenced by decentralized exchange prices. That gives us a more accurate price and consequently a more profitable price for us to market make at. And just to clarify, this is not because Pith is um, bad or malfunctioning or anything like that. Pith is doing exactly what, what it should be doing, just aggregating prices from everywhere to get like the best weighted average. Um, it's just that for our purposes, that doesn't result in the best results for our market-making strategy. 
that's all. That's why we're using this other Oracle that we ourselves create. Um, yeah, I, I, I just wanted to clarify that. Pit is great, and uh, they're doing nothing wrong. Um, yeah, so maybe I said everything I wanted to say about that. Yeah, yeah, I think I did. <laughs> All right, I'm going to move on after my sip, of course. Let's see. All right. Um, all right, Apromino asks, I've been thinking about the SAMO USDC pool. Can we just borrow these SAMO assets from them to set up a V2 pool as market making as a service? Yeah, so this is what I inquired um, Luffy about. And yeah, I kind of explained it earlier, but SAMO, it's difficult for SAMO because it has its main pools have 1% fees. And so um, even though its volume is decent, the arbitrage volume will likely not be decent, unfortunately. So right now, anyways, it's not looking feasible for now. Uh, you also mentioned RLB. That looks more possible. All right, follow up. Uh, Orca is making less than 300k volume daily, or I guess you're talking about SAMO. Uh, if we make around 150k daily volume with 10x capital efficiency, that means we only need around 7.5k worth of SAMO. Perhaps it's something worth considering and talking with their team. Anyhow, yeah, we'll keep uh, keep an eye on it. But yeah, unless liquidity shifts to smaller fee pools. It'll probably be difficult. Question two. What does the team think about developing a custom Oracle for JLP? For those who don't know, JLP is uh, Jupiter's new Herps DEX token, GMX style. So it's like a, you can deposit like a bunch of assets, Sol, Bitcoin, Ethereum, USDC, USDT, something like that. And uh, JLP is like proportional ownership over like all those assets essentially. And then it uh, mar makes markets with those. Uh, I don't think it will be listed on centralized exchanges, but it's an index token whose value is somewhat predictable if we can call Jupyter API that calculates the most recent LP deposits. The V2 pool liquidity for JLP USDC can be crowdsourced where we open a vault for external LPs to lend their JLP for three months with a low APR and use that to market make. As of now, there's no good way to stake JLP, nor any lending protocol allows the use of JLP as collateral. Maybe it's a temporary win-win solution that we can evaluate after the first three months. <clears throat> so uh, I'm not sure if you read, but... Um, there's like previously a similar discussion between me and uh, Norbert. I think it was in the general channel. If not, it must have been in the Inferno, I assume. Um, and the conclusion I came to is that if we did this, basically all we'd be trying to do is to undercut 
the JLP um, withdrawal fees because uh, I forgot what the fee is, but um, I guess to give like a toy example, assume there was no deposit or withdrawal fee. In that case, people can redeem their JLP for any of the assets it contains at their market price. Um, and they can just do that there for free, no fee. And in that case, there's no way we could make a pool. And we wouldn't get any volume because um, it would always be cheaper for users to go through this, um, through through Jupiter's perpdex directly. Because just like no fees. Whereas if they came through our decks, they would have to pay trading fees. Um, so translating that into um, reality, where there are withdrawal fees, all we're trying to do is use a lower fee than Jupiter's. And <laughs> there's like a couple problems with, with that, I think. One is that, you know, it's just kind of distasteful towards Jupiter, because we're just trying, trying to get a share of their fees. And we're not like, you know, providing them any service at all. We're just taking away fees from them. And they're an important partner for us. Um, but the other thing is that it's also not an advantage in any way, because at any moment, um, Jupiter can just lower their fees to our level, and then our advantage is gone. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't really see a viable strategy, market making for JLP USDC. Maybe I'm, I could be wrong. There may be something I'm not seeing, but at least like that's how I see it right now. So, um, if someone sees something I'm not seeing, then happy to be corrected, have my mind changed. Yeah, but yeah. Whew. Man, what a journey. Um, let's see. Cool. Twelve more messages left. <laughs> okay. Two coffees and a bear. Any update on details about planned pith airdrop? No, uh, I'm sure they'll let us know when the time comes, but they haven't told us anything, so I think it'll be another week or so based on what they told me last time, which was a week or two. So, yeah. Okay, two cup, uh, two coffees in a bear again. Anything you can share about the origins of the idea to integrate with Pith and using an Oracle for the protocol? Um, I wish. You know, I joined a bit late, six months after they started developing it. So I was not like, you know, the, the originator of the idea. I just thought it was like really dope and uh, was like asking questions in the Discord and then got hired. So yeah, that'd be something Luffy could tell you more about. Um, man, he did talk about it once. I can't remember the details though. What was it? Something about radium. Uh, I wish I remembered, but yeah, I don't remember. Sorry. Uh, any 
thoughts on potential risks that PIF governance could pose? Um, maybe fee increases? Yeah, so I guess one risk would be that they stop stop this like um, posting uh, PIF Oracle updates on Solana mainnet. Like right now, that's just like a free service that they do essentially, right? It's like super useful for us and for a bunch of other protocols on Solana. Um, if they, if they, uh, if they try to extract value from that process as well, then that could create a situation where we do have to pay for its usage. Um, I have no idea what that would look like, but that's one thing to consider, I guess. Um, I mean, I guess another, you know, overarching risk is like if people make some dumb governance decision about how Pith aggregates data and like Pith data just gets like a lot worse and it becomes like unusable. I mean, that, that seems like very unlikely, <laughs> but I mean, you, you can't, you can't say it's not a risk. So that's another one, I guess. Um, any thoughts? on if or how Lifinity should participate in Pith governance? Um, not yet. Um, I think you have to lock your tokens to participate, but we're planning to like market make with them. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't think you can do both. Um, but I guess it's also possible we, we don't need all our Pith tokens to market make, so yeah we'll have to see um although <laughs> i don't know like to be honest I, I kind of have the feeling that they won't require our opinions much um like uh let's see what were the things that you could vote on like yeah feet they mentioned fee changes and then what oracles to add i guess i mean they seem to be doing a fine job without governance on that um but i guess you know one possible way would be like if we think hey we want we want this asset so we can market make for it and then we vote for that asset. I mean, we could do that. But I have a feeling that if we are gonna want something, there will be people before us who will already be asking for it. So it's like, it's hard for me to imagine a situation where it's us proposing it or it never gets done. <laughs> Just seems like unlikely, but yeah, we'll see. Anything more you can share about the Lifinity made Oracle? Pretty sure it's just used as a check to ensure Pith is working, correct? Yeah, so I kind of explained earlier, but actually it's our primary Oracle for some of our pools, just because it's like more accurate. It more accurate, accurately represents centralized exchange prices and not like a global average, um, which is what we need for uh, our purposes. 
Um, I mean, but nothing more to share about it, really. I mean, it's not like, I don't know, it's not a secret, but it's also like not super interesting, I think. <laughs> uh, was this difficult for the team to build or potentially expand if needed? Uh, I'm not sure what expanding it would entail. Like we're just posting price updates on chain, essentially. Um, how difficult was it? I'm actually not sure. I think it was built a long time ago. You know, there were difficulties with like um, figuring out um, how to update Oracle prices or how to read Oracle prices. So you know how like um, on Solana, um, there's the local fee markets. And uh, it turns out um, a lot of people try to, oh yeah, and uh, local fee markets also applies to reading data. So if I, so, and you need to read the Oracle updates um, to be able to use it. So it turns out like a lot of programs want to read Pith's um, Oracle updates. Um, so that they can use it. So, like, using priority fees correctly um, to ensure that, like, we we update quick enough so that we can, you know, actually facilitate trades, but also not pay too much in priority fees <coughs> um, is kind of important. So like there have been difficulties with that. Um, optimizing for that kind of thing was at times tricky. But uh, yeah, I think it's about that's about it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know the details of like it being built. That was quite a while ago, I think. And uh, you'd have to ask Luffy about that one. All right. Alice Torres asks, what do you think about Meteora's approach on concentrated liquidity with customizable curves via dynamic liquidity market maker? I think that's what D stands for. And the possible impact on Lefinity. Yeah, so, um, so I mentioned earlier that Lefinity's main competitors are basically market makers on central limit order books and not constant product market makers or concentrated liquidity market makers. And this is basically going to apply to Meteora as well. Um, because Meteora can't update prices according to an oracle. Um, but I do think Meteora is superior to like Orca or Radium. <clears throat> uh, for possibly multiple reasons, but the main thing that they that they are ahead of the game on th those other CLMMs is that they have dynamic fees. Um, some of you may have read the uh, <clears throat> the research series published by um, Ambient. Ambient is like a DEX on Ethereum, similar to Uniswap, but better in a lot of ways and uh one of their team members i think zero x 
FBI femboy. Has this like uh, multi-series um, articles, multi yeah, articles where he like uh, talks about dynamic fees, how you could implement them on Uniswap, and how that would improve profitability a lot. Um, and I don't know how much of Meteora's dynamic fees are based on that research, but they are implementing dynamic fees. So basically, like, you know, you increase the fee when volatility increases. That's like the TLDR. And uh, that is, like, definitely going to be a good thing for LPs um, because you charge more when price is moving more. Um, like, on Orca, this, uh, you'd have to do this manually or programmatically. Like, you know, like, okay, volatility is low right now. Gonna keep my sole USDC in the 0.05% pool. Ooh, things getting heated up. Price moving a lot. Gonna move to the 0.3% pool. And, uh, if price is mooning or whatever, might move it to the 1% pool at times. Um, that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, you, you need like special skills to be able to do that, right? Like if you do it manually, I mean, there's like no fucking way you can keep up <laughs> with like, uh, the speed of price changes. Um, and if you're going to do it programmatically, well, you need, you need to be able to program and you probably need a decent understanding of markets. Um, and then, you know, one final downside is that the the fees that you can select are quite limited. It's like 1%, 0.3%, 0.05%, 0.02%, something like that, you know? It's like very crude, whereas if you're doing it all internally, um, you can make very small changes in the fee, uh, make it gradual, rather than these like huge steps up or down. And it's all automated, so that's very good for um, the user. It's like it's uh, it's passive. Uh, not everything about it is passive because you know you still need to choose your liquidity range. That's not passive. However, um, like for example, if they integrated with Camino. And Camino can do that part where it adjusts the range of the liquidity, and then Meteora is adjusting the the fee of on that liquidity. Um, and then it becomes fully passive, right? I mean, on Camino, their Orca and Radium vaults, those are fully passive, of course, but they don't have dynamic fees. So you know, I very much expect Meteora's um, pools or say vaults on Camino to outperform those on Orca and Radium. Although, you know, it will have to overcome the fact that like at the beginning you have less liquidity, so you're not going to get as much volume, even proportionally speaking. And then also, you know, there's just people who trade on Orca's interface or Radium's interface rather than through Jupiter. So even if you have the best price, you don't get the volume just because like you know, these people don't know any better. 
Um, so yeah, I think you know there there will be a there there will need to be a period of adoption essentially, where uh, they they hit critical mass essentially, and the the merits of the dynamic fees like starts to actually shine, but on a long term time scale like and like uh, from from a first principles thinking approach like meteor is just like simply a better product than orca or radium <coughs> let's see oh yeah and then the possible impact on lipinity so like uh in that sense not much um because we're not really competing with them for volume per se like they would be another um avenue where we uh arbitrage between just like orca or radium or whatever in fact it could be good um because the more liquidity is on orca radium meteora the more we can increase our liquidity um because that means there's more arbitrage that is possible yeah so should be good good for the ecosystem good for us that's my take <laughs> uh let's see all right promino question number three how involved will you be with lucky louis project once the project is launched should we expect less time with lipinity and project s uh no this is like in terms of like the time i'm spending on lucky louis it's like a side project, you might say. Definitely a lot less than Lipinity and Project S. Um, and basically, like all, all that I uh, have done for Lucky Louie is like done because it's, it's um, it was mostly like with the design phase and giving some feedback for some of the writing and stuff. Um, not all of it for sure. Uh, like I'm not doing marketing, I'm not doing, uh, what else? I'm not doing anything discord related. Yeah. So it's not like a, it's not like a huge time sink for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I answered that. All right, question four. Can you provide some insights on the performance of the new pools? For example, uh, MNDE USDC and BSOL USDC, which were live in mid-August. Uh, let's start there. Some insights. So MNDE USDC is a tricky pool for sure. Right now it has negative net APY. Um, it's a pool that's really hard to tell whether price discovery is happening on centralized exchanges or decentralized exchanges. The APY would seem to indicate that it's happening more on decentralized exchanges, which is not good for us. So um, it's not a given that we will keep that pool forever. If, uh, if it doesn't seem hopeful that price discovery will move to centralized exchanges, then uh, yeah, we're just gonna have to say goodbye to that. 
unfortunately. But yeah, we're still observing. Um, BSOL USDC. That's a pool that we deposited a ton of liquidity into. Um, so that we would get a larger airdrop. And uh, it has more liquidity than it needs, for sure. Um, and uh, I think that's part of the reason why the APY is so low. <laughs> it's like a ton of liquidity relative to the volume that it has. And BSL is like not a high volume pair, especially compared to like MSOL or GDOSOL. But like it's doing fine. You know, there's nothing wrong. It just has a relatively low APY. Um, but on the other hand, we are able to direct BLZE rewards to it by voting with our locked BE BLZE for that pool. So that's nice. Um, there's a ongoing governance discussion about that actually, whether we should lock our BLZE so we can get more rewards. Um, trading off liquidity for more rewards. So if you're if you want to chime in there, uh, join that governance discussion. It's called "Should We lock, Max Lock Our BLZE?" I think. Uh, let's see. All right, next pools: HNT Soul, Geo Soul USDC, and Fida USDC which were live in late August. So HNT Soul is doing quite well, um, similar to HNT USDC. Um, <clears throat> not much to comment there. I mean, like it's it's one of our best pools in terms of APY, um, generating ton of volume for it, given its liquidity. Uh, yeah. Uh, Girosol USDC, Girosol is like increasing in volume. Um, it's becoming more popular. Uh, more people are buying Girosol or creating Girosol by locking or uh, staking their soul. And uh, wait, hold on, let me take a sip. Uh, throat is killing me. And then uh, Fida USDC is uh that is like so yeah this is a, a unique pool because it's a liquidity as a service pool and it's a it's a one where we borrowed the fida and then we also have incentives for the pool so actually we have more liquidity in that pool than we like normally have um, but that's okay because it's being incentivized. Um, it's actually doing quite well, like 50% APY or something. Um, mostly from market making profit. But FIDA is very, is a very low volume token right now at least. So, um, it's very possible that price discovery actually will happen more on DEXs. Um, price, in my mind, that seems totally possible, so things could change. Um, but yeah, it's doing fine right now, 
And on top of that, it's getting incentives. So, like, in that sense, like, it's pretty awesome. Uh, then, Bonk Soul, Pith USDC, and Render USDC, which are still in testing. Yeah, so Bonk Soul, when we first created that pool, like, it was not doing well at all. <laughs> I think, if I understand correctly, um, once Bonk started to pop off more recently, past month or so, then, uh, you know, people, oh, and also like when Solana started to uh, go wild, then um, people outside the Solana ecosystem started paying attention to Bonk. And therefore, it started probably having more volume on centralized exchanges, you know, where people from other ecosystems or like people off chain totally were um, speculating on Bonk more. So then price discovery probably moved more on or off chain at that time, which is good for us. And so that's when we started to be more profitable. Um, and also the, just cause like Bonk mooned, even though we, we didn't have much Bonk, um, yeah, the price mooned. So, so did like the value of our pool, like $500 to 17 K. So yeah, it's doing well. That's good. Uh, Peth USDC, we basically just started that. So, um, yeah, I actually don't know the details at all, to be honest. Um, yeah, definitely still testing. Then render USDC. Um, this is a weird one where uh, I think it. I think we realized that the centralized exchange price, or uh, the PIF price anyways. Oh, uh, no, wait, hold on, let me get this right. <laughs> I forgot which way it was, but the PIF price was either two cents above or two cents under the centralized exchange price. I think that's what it was. And so it was like not working at all. It was like, you know, we couldn't figure out like why it was deviating that way. So we, I think we kind of gave up on it for the time being but we'll um, keep an eye on it. I think that's where we're at right now. Yeah. I think that was helpful. Let's see. All right. Oh, oh, I see the end. Oh my God. Kind of scroll down. Wouldn't let me move down. What's going on? Ah, the end is in sight. Okay. <laughs> Prominent asks question five: How's the treasure swap with Marinade going? The treasury swap, right? I mean, so that's just like uh, the. It, it, I mean, you know, that's encapsulated in the MNDE USDC pool, which I kind of talked about earlier. Um. So yeah, it is continuing because we're using the MND we borrowed from them to market make. So. TLDR, it's not going well right now, and uh, if if it doesn't look like it's going to improve, we will probably just give up on that, unfortunately. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, Stick says, since Discord audio is wrecked here, we should move to Project S Discord and try it there. Haha, <laughs> nice. <laughs> see what you did there. <laughs> Quick, easy solution. All right, uh, last question. Promino says, how's the progress on setting up 
a lending pool for flares on Citrus. Do we need their team to help, or can we set it up ourselves? Um, I assume, I I had assumed we can set it up ourselves. Um, it's just that no one had proposed it formally, so I hadn't like moved forward with anything. I'm not even hundred percent sure if like there's demand for it per se. Um, so yeah, but I, as far as I understand, like people are already doing the lending, right? So there's a quote unquote pool there. And it's just a matter of us opening a position, is my understanding. Uh, the Honey Badger says, when Tensor Pool resupply IAW proposal? What does IAW stand for? Uh, probably I am writing in accordance with, <laughs> wait, uh, when tensor pool resupply in accordance with proposal, uh, you mean from our revenue? Like using our, uh, the flare revenue to uh, add to the bid, is that what you mean? Um, I'm gonna wait for Honey Badger to type, oh, yes. Yeah, so um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we do, we do the flare revenue stuff at the end of the month, right before we publish the uh, flare buyback stats and the Lifinity buyback stats. Uh, it passed a few days ago in time for the revenue to come in. Yeah, so I think we're going to do it like at the end of this month, uh, which is when we've always been doing it. Um, yeah, so very soon. Looks like we still have um, soul in our bid, so yeah, we, we can still we still have room to buy more in the meantime. Um, cool. It looks like I've gotten through all the questions. Any more? If not, if not, and you've been here from the beginning. You know what's next. Oh, you've all been waiting for it. <laughs> I know I know this is what you've all been waiting for. People are typing. I'm getting impatient. Is it time? Is it time? Alright, I I oh the the typing has stopped. Alright, it is time. It is time for Gratitude! What is everybody thankful for? Alright, you guys ready? 
So I wrote, I'm thankful for my relatively good health. So like, I don't know if you guys remember from the last AMA, but I was having like stomach, stomach issues. And that actually like lasted this entire month. And it like, I had a low level of misery the entire time, just like ambient pain, like annoying, like uh, very distracting the whole time. That kind of sucked. Because so I'm finally coming out of that. And and it just like feels so good to be back to, you know, average. Getting back to average has never felt so good. So I'm really thankful for that. Alright, Jay Sweats says, I'm thankful for your relatively good health. <laughs> also the health of my loved ones. Nice. Draken says, I'm thankful for Twitter works for this town hall meeting. Indeed, yeah. Good call. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a close one. We almost failed this AMA. I almost failed this AMA. Uh, Jay Sweat says, oh, so Discord is not working. I was wondering why the, the silence. Damn, time to log into X. Yeah. Move to Twitter. It's not working for me there either, strange. Oh, there we go. Yes, it worked for everyone. There we go. Promino says, I'm thankful for the new channel. <laughs> Astro Droid says, I'm grateful for Abilities to understand and to remember. Very important. Yeah. That kind of suck if you couldn't understand or remember. Sounds very vegetable-like. The Honey Badger is thankful for health, wealth, family, and friends. The basics. Sometimes the basics are the most important. Uh, Draken is also thankful for... The upcoming bull cycle. Cue air horn. I really wish I had a air horn sound effect. I did not prepare it. Well, thanks for joining me for my my uh, my uh, weird gratitude idea. But I like being thankful, and I'm thankful for all of you joining me for this AMA and a lot of good questions, a lot of hard-hitting um, questions with relatively complex answers that required me to go on and on. Uh, Honey Badger is also thankful for metalcore music. Forgot to mention that. Hmm. Interesting. Metalcore. Not my thing. <laughs> so maybe I just haven't tried it. Uh, let's see. Oh, we have a message from Luffy, everyone, shout out to Luffy. Luffy in the chat says uh, he added a Bonk Soul and Soul USDC 2 to the pool page. That's my air horn. All right, well, time to go check the pools page, obviously. What could the APYs be? Everybody wants to know. What's it going to be? Uh, let's see. Yeah, so for those who didn't know, we have a uh, we use, we used to have four, but we think two is optimal now. So we have two Soul USDC V2 pools, and uh, the one you've always been seeing was about like two hundred percent. This uh, new one, which has less total liquidity, um, but has much higher net APR, 
insane. 1,400% APR. Net APR. Damn. That's insane. And uh, Bonk Soul V2 Pool, we have 20,000% uh, APY. Uh, about 4,000% from trading fees. And about 17,000% from market making profit. Wow. That's insane. <laughs> that is a. Uh, <laughs> uh, I encourage you to click on the uh, the stats for the uh, the bonk pool. It's a uh, beauty to behold. <laughs> you can see when it uh starts when the price started mooning, uh, the bonk price that is, and that's surely also when volume started to increase as well. Uh, anyways, wow, what an epic ending. Nice. Well played, Luffy. <laughs> I am also thankful for Luffy. <laughs> Working with Luffy is great. All right, well, um, I guess that's it. This, this may be our longest one yet. I don't really know, but I feel like it's the one I've talked the most in yet, for sure. <laughs> I may or may not have lost my voice. I will find out tomorrow. Anyways, uh, thanks for uh, staying through this whole thing, everyone. Once again, thanks for questions. And uh, have a good week. And I'll see you around in the Discord. As always, peace out. Have a good one.